Hello and welcome to Sick Transit Gloria on WNYU 89.1 FM. I am Anna. I'm Sabina. And today we are going to the Merchant's House Museum. Full disclosure, I do volunteer at the Merchant's House Museum, so it is near and dear to my heart, and I was very glad to, to be going to do an episode about it. We got to talk to the lovely Anne Haddad. My name is Anne Haddad, and I am the historian at the Merchant's House Museum. This house is located at East 4th Street between Lafayette and the Bowery, and it was back in the day when Seabury Treadwell moved here with his family, the elite suburb of Lower Manhattan. But what's interesting is that by the late 1840s, this neighborhood was over. The wealthy had moved on to Fifth Avenue, Gramercy Park. For some reason that we don't know, the Treadwells chose to remain. I like that before our tour, Anne said that a lot of people pass by and don't come in. And I was totally one of those people. I used to live in the area and like, pass by every single day at least once a day and I was like oh I should go in there probably and never did if that place had a nickel for every person who said that (laughs) (laughs) I love that you say that Anne told us all about the Treadwell family who moved into the house in the 1830s and lived there for about a hundred years so we have Seabury and his wife Eliza Then we have Elizabeth, Horace, Mary Adelaide, Samuel Lennox, Phoebe, Julia, Gertrude, and our mystery woman, Sarah Treadwell. But what is interesting about Sarah is Sarah is the unmarried sister who moved out of the house. She lived uh, in the Hotel Cadillac, which was on Times Square, until her death in 1906. I also wanted to say that she's the reason that there was an elevator in the house. In the 1800s, they had an <laughs> elevator. Like hand-cranked a, elevator. A wooden oh my structure. God. <laughs> it was terrifying. Yeah, and you don't see it when you go into the house now. On the very top floor, you see the where the mechanism was. Yeah. We think in 1872 or three, Sarah was involved in a carriage accident. And she was made handicapped by that accident. She was thrown, something happened, and she could not walk. So... The family installed a manual cage elevator just past the vestibule in the hallway, and it actually went all the way up to the children's floor. But isn't that amazing? You don't marry, you're living in Victorian society, you're handicapped, and you move out of the house? What a story. She must have desired a life, you know, outside of this world, and apparently she she got it. I wonder what other aspects of her life were like. Know. right I wonder what she did in fact I wonder what all of the sisters did I want her diary I want to read her I diary want her so badly <laughs> I think that people with disabilities aren't really talked about in history 
especially women, especially Victorian women. And the fact that she was the one that moved out of the house. (laughs) Yeah, it's the best story. No, she sounded amazing. I also thought it was interesting that how much, like, stuff we have from the Treadwells and how much information we have about them. We still don't really know about her. Yeah, they don't even have a picture of her. Yeah. So, Anne showed us around the house. It was very large. It's huge. It's got six stories i think it was crazy in new york i was like we're still in new york i'm sorry (laughs) we're still in one building (laughs) yeah so there was a cellar and then we have the ground floor which is where the family room and the kitchen are and then we have the parlor floor front and rear parlor and then we have this bedroom floor mr and mrs treadwell's then the children's floor and then the top floor where the servants quarters are and then there's even a little attic above that very small. When Anne showed us around, we started in the family room. This would be the equivalent of our den or living room, a place where the family would relax. Uh, The children might do their homework here. Seabury might read Harper's Weekly as he reclined on this couch. Mrs. Treadwell might interview a prospective servant. And this is where the family took their meals. And then she showed us the kitchen. The domain of the four Irish servants who worked for the Treadwells. And then Anne took us up another flight of stairs to the parlor floor. And I thought the parlor was really beautiful. Here we are in the gorgeous double front and rear parlor, classic Greek revival style. Note the ionic columns on either side of the mahogany pocket doors, fabulously carved cornices and moldings like egg and dart and lamb's tongue. So the Treadwells did a lot of entertaining in this room very happy occasions, and they would open up the mahogany pocket doors and push the furniture against the wall or out into the hall, and they would use their nuns and fishers pianoforte as the center of the entertainment. This was purchased in the early 1840s, and it still plays beautifully. We know that the daughters played because we have several of their music books. And there also were funerals in this room. Every October, we reenact Seabury's funeral right here. And then we walk him over to, we walk his coffin over to the Second Street Cemetery where he was briefly interred for about six months before going to his final resting place in Manhasset. Seabury left each of his children $10,000 in his will. And the daughters who did not marry, there were four, lived on that inheritance, so he was very mindful of taking care of his daughters. Because if you don't marry, remember this is the Victorian society, a woman had two roles, wife, mother. If you don't fulfill either of those, you have really no way of earning a living. Uh, The women were educated, if you will, but they really had no other way of earning a living. Gertrude um, wanted to marry. Family lore tells us that she wished to marry a young man. She brought him home to meet Seabury, and Seabury met him and showed him the door. And the reason we heard is because he was Roman Catholic. So there was a lot of prejudice against the Irish, against Catholics. At that time, this was an Episcopalian family, very probably set in their ways, and he was probably considered not to be good enough uh, for Gertrude. Interestingly, Gertrude never married, and neither did Louis. Uh, and then when, I, uh, when we identified a photo 
of Lewis when I found when I went in search of him and found his photo. It turned out that Gertrude had kept his photo in the house for many years. We had just never known who he was. So, you know, did she love him and refuse to marry anyone else? Why didn't they ever marry? We don't know the answer. So, just like to take a minute to talk about Gertrude, who's kind of like. The, the face of the Treadwell family for the museum because she was born in the house, died in the house. Some say that she still occupies the house in some capacity. Gertrude was born in 1840, lived her entire life in this house, and then died in 1933 at the age of 93. But they owe a lot to her because she, for whatever reason, never married and kept all of the family's stuff. She kept all the furniture, a lot of the dresses from her mom and her sisters. But yeah, she seems kind of like an interesting character. It's interesting that she preserved everything of everyone else's, kind of didn't preserve her own story. Yeah, yeah, she got rid of, or somebody got rid of the diaries and letters and stuff. There's not really any of that anymore. But there's just this stuff, there are objects. What makes this house so special and so unique among historic houses is that 80% or more of everything you see in the house was actually owned by the Treadwell family. She just never threw anything away, which is the sort of person that historians really like. I find it so fascinating because when you cross that threshold, it is like you are stepping into their lives. It is like they have just stepped out for a minute, maybe to go to church or to go shopping, and you expect them back any minute. That is the feeling that I always have here because everything is so filled with the Treadwell presence to me, maybe because so many of the objects in the house were owned by the Treadwells. You really feel like they are still here and very much a part of this house. And you can't make this stuff up. I mean, it, it, it is the way it is, because this is the way Gertrude wanted to keep the house. What, what is also fascinating to me about this house is that it reflects the life of a family, not in one year or even one decade, but in many decades. So therefore, you see the evolution of decorative arts, of changing furniture styles, of changing customs. And it would be so hard to do that just by just by a, a, a recreation of a period space. Here you're seeing a life. You're not seeing a period. You're seeing many periods through the eyes of uh, one family. So when we went to the merchant's house and we talked to Anne, we were curious about the ghosts. Um, Anna's obsessed with ghost stories. I knew it. I knew it was going <laughs> to happen. Do you think this house is haunted? Honestly. Yes, but I wouldn't call it haunted. I would not. I would call it people going about their lives. It's funny. I was talking to my mom recently, um, and I, was, I told her that like, I wasn't so sure about ghosts. And she was like, well, Anna, I'm going to have to come back and haunt you when I'm dead to oh prove God, you I wrong. <laughs> you said once that you were agnostic towards ghosts. I, I'm, I'm agnostic towards I'm, like I'm open to the idea of having a ghost experience. Yeah. But I think I know what you mean is the space being more like, spiritual it not being a scary thing but right. maybe the energy is still still here do you feel right. that I feel tremendous energy here the whole idea of the energy thing that Anne was talking about like maybe there aren't ghosts but maybe there's something yeah I think I agree with that theory 
I also think that just ghosts are a really interesting tool for thinking about the past. You know, it's a way of remembering things that happened in some way, like just because of the fact they happened in a place, have left some remnant on what is there now. I think, I mean, it's literally like bringing to life the past, Mm -hmm. which is what we hope that journals and furniture will do, but end up not being the, you know, we can only get so far. It's when you actually see the person walking around that you're like, oh, someone used to live here. Challenge the space-time continuum. Yeah. (laughs) Or even just like the experience of walking into a place like the Merchant's House Museum. It's like time traveling. I was like, oh my God, someone used to live here. Maybe it's something that we make up in our heads. It's probably something we make up in our heads. But just like looking at the things that people used and touched and like the floors that they danced on and all of that knowing that people were there kind of makes them still there in a way. One of my favorite things that Anne pointed out was the staircase and how on the railing of the staircase there's kind of like this design carved into the end so that when you, you know, are in the middle of the night and need to go pee, like you're not tripping down the stairs, you know when there's like a few steps left. And I loved that little detail because it's stuff like that that makes you like think about what it would be like to live in that house at that time or what the people who lived in that house went through every night, you know, like small things that they were important to them. It was one of the first times that I've been in a space uh, like that, that I was like, this is actually interesting. This actually makes me think about the people who lived in New York before me. A lot of New Yorkers forget that there was a past and there are so many, so many layers of the past in this city. And I think, unfortunately, we have to dig harder and harder to find them. But here it is. Just walk in and you're in the 19th century. There are not that many places anymore in New York where you can do that. This house is a true survivor. And I think it is meant to survive another 100 years. Anne told us so much information about the house. There exists so much information about the house that we could not talk about all of it on this episode. So uh, we do suggest a visit to the house. At least I suggest a visit to the house. Oh, I do too. Don't worry. If you want to go, you can. It's not that far away. If you want to. You don't have to. But if you want to. Yeah. And with that, I think we're going to close out this episode. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Sick Transit Gloria here on WNYU. 89.1 FM. And a big thanks to Anne Haddad and everybody at the Merchant's House Museum. Our song is New York Minute Prayer by Ashoka Ray. I am Anna. I am Speeda. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>